Hello, I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast or to find out more about me, just head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Hey guys, welcome to episode 32. I am so excited for today's episode because it features an interview with Mary McCarthy of Glorious Hugs. Glorious Hugs creates very special, completely unique gifts and care packages for seniors and other people. And the name itself was inspired by Mary's grandmother, Gloria. Really, this conversation is so magical, and I love Mary's dedication to the connection she has with her community in and around Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. It holds a dear place in my heart because I spent five years as a child living in that metropolitan area. But I also love just the sense of following one's heart here. A super big congratulations to Mary as she celebrates her one-year anniversary of being in business. It's a huge milestone, and I love that she really is embracing the joy and the flow. And some of what Chris Gillibo and I talked about last week even, so go back and listen to that, of how to find the work you were born to do. Mary really is an amazing woman, and I love her business. I also want to invite you, I will be having a webinar on April 15th, so Friday, that's 2016. It's going to be about when joy meets purpose. So if you're feeling like you would like to learn a little bit more about that in your own life, I invite you to head over to jumpstartyourjoy.com and there's a big picture of the homepage. Just click on that and you'll get RSVP. It will also be the episode for next week. It's episode 33. It's solo cast all. Edit it down. So good stuff there. Also, super exciting. I'm featured over on the Courageous Living Coach Certification site, and I'll link that up on my site. You can see a video of me talking about why I love life coaching. Kind of fun. And if you're looking for a good training program, I will share a link in the show notes as well. I can't say enough good things, amazing things about the CLCC program that is led by my dear friend, Kate Courageous. So just go check it out. There'll be a link, and I really encourage you guys to look at it. If you are considering becoming a life coach, she is running a, a special price for early applications through this month, and then they close out again and through into the fall. If you want to check out all the show notes for this episode, you can head over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash glorious hugs, and you'll see all the information that Mary and I talk about. And you can also subscribe off of that link, and I encourage you to join us either on iTunes or Stitcher. And now on to the interview with Mary. Today on the podcast. I have Mary McCarthy from Glorious Hugs. She is the CEO and founder and hug liaison. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Mary. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, so glad to have you. Would you like to tell us about your early sparks of joy as a child? Sure. I was born out east, actually, in Massachusetts, even though I live in Minnesota now. And I developed a fondness for the ocean and beaches. My father was a dentist in the Army, and he also had a pilot's license. So he had access to small planes that the Army owned. And he and my mom and I would get in these planes on weekends and go fly up and down the coast for little getaways frequently. So a combination of the ocean and a little airplane flights and being with my parents was the first sources of joy. That's truly magical. I can only imagine just getting to be in the plane and being a little kid and just, <laughs> sounds fun, flying around. 
Yes, and I'm very comfortable on planes to this day as a result. That's awesome. That's wonderful. And what do you do now? I am growing a business called Glorious Hugs. Glorious Hugs sprouted from my background in consumer goods here in Minnesota and also medical devices and a wanting, a yearning to be an entrepreneur. But I had to balance it out against other priorities in my life as far as when I finally pursued this dream of launching a business. I've been looking for the right business to launch and the right concept. And I knew I wanted to tell a story with the business Mm -hmm. and sat down a little over a year ago and just made a list of things that I'm really passionate about and good at and then tried to come up with a business model that would achieve all these dreams and aspirations all at one time. That is amazing. (laughs) I love it. And you're, I think, at airing time, or when this episode goes up, you'll be just on the brink of your one-year anniversary. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, especially with so many businesses not making it to a year, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty proud to still be growing this business and finding a lot of joy in it. Wonderful. Yeah, congratulations. Would you like to tell us about the inspiration for Glorious Hugs? Yeah, I have a long history of family members who've been entrepreneurs, but one of the family members that I've been closest to was my grandmother, Gloria. She actually just passed away this past November at the young age of 97. Mm -hmm. And I would visit Grandma Gloria sometimes on my own, sometimes with my daughters. And we would go on walks and eat with her at lunch in the cafeteria and other things. But sometimes we'd run out of things to talk about. So that was kind of a seed in the back of my mind of how can I give older people more access to art so that we have new things to talk about when we visit. And so she has new things to talk about when she has people over, whether they're from where she used to live or other family members. So that source of art and inspiration and deep conversation, along with just wanting to do more good in society, is where it all started a few years ago. And then it just took a little while for me to come up with the concept and have enough motivation to put it all together and take the plunge. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, because I know from visiting my own grandparents, yeah, I think it's so remarkable that even though you may be very close, when you visit from time to time, it's hard to come up with that next piece of thing, whatever it is to talk about. So I think it's so beautiful that you tapped into that because obviously everyone wants the connection with their grandparents and then how to make it possible to continue conversations that may otherwise feel honestly a little awkward from time to time. Yeah, and art has the ability to do that. Each time I would visit her then after I started this business and she'd have a new piece of art laying around, there are just so many conversations you can have. Like, did you ever do pottery as a child? Or tell me some of your favorite gardens that relate back to the piece of artwork that I just gave you last time I visited. Or or let's read the poetry together and discuss the discussion questions that came with the poetry. And the poetry is all upbeat and light, but thoughtful as well. So it's things like when when people order the little canvas dogs as the piece of art in the care package, and that piece of art comes with questions about dogs and being outside, you can go in a, so many different directions and ask so many questions like, tell me about your dog again, Grandma, that you had when you were a kid, or what was the last name, or what was the name of the last dog that you had, or if you could go lay down outside anywhere in the world right now, where would you go lay down and why? 
what are some of your favorite places to visit? And you can just have so many different conversations that sometimes you just can't have unless you have a new source of inspiration and discussion. Yeah. So in the Glorious Hug care package, what do you guys usually put in each of those? And how does the person that's ordering it, how do they indicate? Because they get to play a part. So how do they do that? Yeah, so every care package is personalized and it all starts with a piece of art. So when somebody goes to the website, they usually go to the homepage first and learn a little bit more about the company. And then they'll go to the About Care Packages page to see what all is in the care package, help them understand the concept and the various personalization options that are available. And then they go pick their piece of art. And after they found the piece of art that they want to send, a little form pops up that asks about all the personalization options that they've got. And then they just quick check out. All the art is from the Twin Cities area. So it's a uniquely Minnesotan care package for now as a little tiny startup company. That's kind of what makes sense. Start small and then grow bigger as the word gets out. And then I hire a local poet from White Bear Lake, which is close to where I live and where the business is based. And she writes this beautiful poetry. And then I've got cookies from local bakeries. I have little heart-shaped cookies for Valentine's Day. I've got gluten-free cookies. And also just if people love the gluten and really (laughs) want to send it, there's peanut butter cookies as well because so many people like peanut butter cookies. So they can pick whatever kind of cookie they like. And then they pick out the cards that they want. And all the cards are commissioned from a local graphic artist. She does a beautiful job. She also did all the branding for the company. And so it's a very personal, emotional gift to send when you really want to send something that's unique and stands out and will create a lot of memories for the person that you're sending it to and make you feel really good about finding something that's really different and artsy. So having been at Glorious or working with Glorious Hugs for a year, I know from your site that your background is medical devices and marketing. How do you feel that that combination helped prepare you for this work with Glorious Hug? Absolutely. So I worked in the cardiovascular segment of the medical device industry at a couple large corporations. Well, one smaller and one very large corporation locally. And I became attuned to the how healthcare works how medical devices work and some of the big market trends and really work to hone my skills as a marketer telling a brand and also data and analytics and IT that have helped me launch this business and and keep it growing over time. As I worked in the cardiovascular industry, I became aware of more clinical data such as scientific studies that prove the old adage that you can die of a broken heart. And that depression and loneliness and social isolation are very much related to cardiovascular health and seniors' ability to live a high-quality life till the end. And I noticed that with Minnesota being a leader in healthcare, we are really good at keeping people alive and keeping people relatively pain-free or also at least managing that pain. But we're not really good yet as a society of helping people with emotional wellness, of teaching people how to talk about emotions and supporting each other through emotional events. And with seniors especially, and some of the big market trends of more seniors having fewer children to care for them as they get older, it's a growing problem. So with Glorious Hugs, I really hope to make an impact on loneliness and reduce social isolation in my own little way and through the, through the, the goodness of people that will buy the little care packages and send them to people that they love. 
one of the really neat benefits of my little company is every single care package comes with a handwritten card. Mm-hmm. And when somebody buys a package, they can tell me exactly what they want in the card. And then word for word, with all punctuation, mm-hmm. I will transcribe it in my best handwriting, which is actually really good, to write it in the card. And I've been really deeply touched by how much love there is in the world between people. Some of the cards that people send are just bring tears to my eyes and reinforcing that there's a lot of love out there that people have and they just need help finding ways to express it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've tapped into something so lovely there that while it it is a business focused on the emotional well-being of these seniors, that there's that, that deep connection between the gift giver and the recipient. That's amazing. It's so amazing that you get to write the notes too with your own handwriting. Like, are there any stories you can share that were just so inspiring about, I don't know, either a gift or a recipient or something you heard back from a, a recipient? One customer sent a care package to his mother, and his mother was evidently a school teacher, from what I can gather. Mm-hmm. And he he had me write in the card something along the lines of how deeply he respects her for doing so much to help so many kids learn and how much he loves her and how much of a difference she has made in his life. And so that was a really poignant card to to write out and to send. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'll hear back from customers like, oh, my mom loved it. And here's what she said. And that was one where I actually heard back and the recipient said, oh, you know, I'm letting my another grandchild use the coloring pencils and I shared the cookies with my husband and I look forward to getting together with you next time you visit. And you can just feel the little bricks being built in that relationship um, as a result of them going out of their way to order a special artsy little care package and then send it to somebody that they love. Yeah. And it does seem that connection is a real cornerstone of the business itself. I mean, both from that connection between the gift giver and receiver, and then your very hands-on connection with each package that gets sent out. And then I guess with the gift, the maker as well, was this something that came about this idea of connection? It sounds like you really formulated the business around that. Would you like to talk a little bit about how that plays a part in the business itself, the idea of connection? You bet. I see innovation in general as making different connections between unrelated thoughts and ideas and needs in society. So as I've been building the business, I've just been looking for opportunities in society where we can make connections between different resources and needs to make everybody win at the end. So Gloria Suggs, for example, I have a connection to the artist first in that they want to make art, especially they're really in-demand artists, and there's a couple of them that I that agreed to sell me their art. There's a connection between me and them that I've got to talk them into selling art to me because if they're really popular, they can sell through many different channels of distribution to their end-user customers. Mm-hmm. And then there's a connection between me and the person that designed the logo and the branding around the company because she's created illustrations that get the point across. Even the box itself, if you can't tell from the pictures on the website, on one side is a person reaching out with a rose lanyard, and on the back side of the box is someone hugging the other end of the rose lanyard. Mm. So just everything is about connection between people. And then the connection between me and the potential buyers 
and then their connection to somebody else. And then eventually, I hope to outsource the business, or I will outsource the business when it gets big enough, to a organization that employs the developmentally disabled community because they need more jobs and they need higher quality jobs than are available today. And there's more developmentally disabled people that need those jobs. I really want to be intentional about solving as many problems in society as I possibly can from this one little business. Mm, That's just beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) I've got tears in my eyes thinking about how many people's lives that touches because it really is a circle of just beautiful support and connection and and love. So, wow, thank you. Isn't that we're we're all supposed to be? We all are part of a connected web of people supporting each other. Just hard to see it sometimes. Yeah, it really is. While the internet obviously is beautiful and serves for greater good, I think there's also something that happens when people can be anonymous or just, you know, post something that's not as positive or uplifting. Like there's something that, I don't know, the anonymity of being in a car and you don't know everyone around you, you know, like it feels like it's easy to give into the harder parts of being human. And so it's lovely when someone steps up and says, no, let's celebrate the connections and the love and the fact that we are all so interconnected. Yeah, and I think there's goodness that happens all the time from everybody. But mm-hmm. yeah, in our in our consciousness, especially with the presidential election upon us, yeah. we hear so many things that are not very loving and respectful of each other, which makes it all the more important for people to step up and give positive reinforcing messages to everybody else about the goodness that there is in all of our lives. Yeah. And how much potential we all have for making a change and change for good in society. Yes. (laughs) I love that you've stepped into it. It's beautiful. So the makers, I don't know if that's what you call your craftspeople or the people that you've partnered with to make the beautiful art that gets included. How did you find them or how did you partner with them? I'm imagining each has their own story, but how do you select them? Well, right now I'm focusing on Twin Cities-based artists, so that makes the sphere a little bit smaller for me. (laughs) The first artist I actually found through a pottery show and looking at a flyer of maybe 20 different potters that were included in a big pottery show tour throughout the St. Croix Valley in Minnesota, Minnesota, Wisconsin area. Mm-hmm. And approached one and she's like, well, you know, I, I'd love to participate. I'd love to sell you some art, but I'm really scaling back my business right now because I'm older and I can't really make you know, dozens and dozens of of one piece because we've got some arthritis in my hand. She said, however, I suggest you go to the Northern Clay Center. And then she gave me the names of a couple of other artists. So I went to the Northern Clay Center, which is in the St. Paul, Minneapolis, right on, right along the, uh, right in between them and looked at artists, got a better feel for who some of the bigger names were in town and contacted Guillermo Quaylar. He's one of the first artists that I got on board and I really had to give him the hard sell because <laughs> he's really famous. But once he was on board, then Zach Spates and Marjorie Wade, two other local artists from the area, were happy to sell me the art as well. Because I'm buying large quantities of art and paying cash up front, artists tend to really like it when I call <laughs> and are happy to work with me because they can have overproduction or not sell everything through. And so I'm really 
intentionally paying fair prices for the art as well. Some people think, oh, who, who's donating their art to you? I'm like, no one is donating. One of the goals of this company is to support the local art community. So I am paying them fair prices for their art. And I think all the artists would say that as well. I'm taking advantage of sort of oversupply in the community and using that extra supply of art that they have, turning into cash for them to help them buy more supplies and then using that inventory that I'm purchasing for the business. That's very cool and ingenious because it helps both you (laughs) and it helps them and whoever receives it. You have a really lovely series of interviews with some of these artists on YouTube, which I will link up to for listeners. Uh, They really are very special. Each of them is so unique. And you ask them about their memories of a special older person in their lives. What's been the most touching story you've heard from them? Well, they're all really touching in their own way. Trish Gardner talks about her relationship with her grandmother and her garden, and that's mm-hmm. what inspires her to do the glass flower art. Not only does she do the sun catchers for me, but she's also a, a pretty well-known artist in the Twin Cities area for doing these large glass flowers, like 3D anatomical flowers that she's mm-hmm. got and sells in art shows. And she had an installation at the Twin Cities Airport and at some of the bigger malls in the area. Or Guillermo talks about his relationship with Warren McKenzie, who is one of the most famous potters who's ever lived. <laughs> Warren lives nearby us, actually, in our community. And he's just an amazing potter in his own right. And his pottery goes for tons of money on eBay and just about Warren's impact and patience with Guillermo as an artist and everything he learned from him and everything that he's done for the pottery and art world was really inspirational to me. And what gave you the idea or the idea for the videos? It sounded fun and I wanted (laughs) to, again, find a way to help the artists be more successful while explaining the concept of the company and really highlighting the time and effort and intention that artists give to each piece of handmade art that they produce, as opposed to mass-produced art that's made in various parts of the world and then sold through in you know very large quantities through some of the larger discount retailers in the <laughs> area. Yeah. When they buy from Glorious Hugs, they're supporting local artists who are doing what they love with their hands to create a piece that will extend to whoever they're sending the care package to. Yeah. You and I talked earlier about some of the little signature pieces in the videos, like yeah. the hug that I gave the artist in the beginning. Yeah. Um, of course, I just like getting a free hug out of everything <laughs> that I got to. But <laughs> yes, me too. I'm a hugger. I love, yeah. I love it. The connection and the the sense of hey I'm here with you in this in this moment so let's celebrate that like yeah because a lot of the connections we have with people are of distance in some way or another and yeah just to celebrate hey we're here like let's let's hug <laughs> yes like, yeah yeah it just builds the connection again going forward and throughout the rest of the interview because yeah. once you've hugged somebody then there's less awkwardness. <laughs> Yeah. So when you're conducting conversation, like when I meet you in person, we'll have to hug. <laughs> <laughs> I totally welcome that. <laughs> I would love okay, it. awesome. One of the other neat little things about running a business that's called Glorious Hugs is how many unsolicited hugs I get from people. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go to conventions and people say, do you really give out hugs? 
I say, absolutely, if you really want one. And they're like, yeah, I really could use one right now. And I'm like, get over here and give them a big hug. And sometimes people, like, they'll hug for a couple extra seconds. Like, they really, really, really needed that hug at that moment. And it feels good to be able to give that to them. I I mean, I'm a stranger to them, but yet it touches something deep inside them and makes them feel more human and that they'll get through whatever they're struggling with at that moment. Yeah, I love that. Because isn't it interesting? I know that hug. I know exactly what you're speaking of. And I've both given and received it, I'm sure. But it's always interesting when someone holds on for that extra few seconds. And my tendency is always to to lean in, if you will, and like hug a little harder, sensing that they need that in that moment, especially to be a part of that kind of hug. Yeah. And there's a relationship between a hug and joy mm. because a hug re- takes some risk and some letting go, letting go of some fear. And especially if you're hugging a stranger and in order to experience joy, you also have to be able to let go. You have to be able to let go of some sadness and some concern and just trust at that moment that you're making the right decision and that you're at the right place at the right time. Mm, so well stated. It's it's so true. And I think that's one of one of the interesting things about the show is we often talk about that there is hardness in life and that really the road to joy is that we just have to choose it and we have to have a little bit of faith that things will work and that even in the darkest hours joy is an option. And I don't mean that. I love what Dr. Amy Avazade says, and she was, I believe, episode two. She says something about she chooses to sparkle every day and she works with infertility patients. And she said, some people have you know, said, well, that's so naive. Like, that's ridiculous. And she said, no, it's a choice. It's the hardest, <laughs> it's the hardest choice to make, but you got to sparkle. You got to choose it. So I think that's part of what's so interesting and deep about this show, even though it's on the outside, a little bit about joy, which could be easy, but I don't really think that it always is. Oh, I, I agree with the the previous person that you had on the call. It is intentional and you have to, you have to make it a choice every day. Not everybody, I think, has that choice or in, they're in a place mm-hmm. where they can let go of whatever and just enjoy. I think there's a, the sparkle, I think, is what brings the joy. The sparkle is communicating to other people that you're happy and content. You can just be content and no one knows you're joyous. But joy (laughs) implies that you're actually showing that and you're communicating that to other people that you're happy. And I, I was, as I was preparing for my interview with you, I was remembering back, I just visited my three siblings that live in the Bay Area over Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And we went for a bike ride through San Francisco. And I was like, when is this ever going to happen again? It's never going to happen again. I'm going to be with all these nieces and nephews and my daughters and, you know, riding crazy through the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to bring an extra factor of joy to this. And I just started belting out tunes to the sound of music. Because <laughs> yes. I wanted I wanted to, everybody else to know that I was bring the joy party to that day and that moment. And I wanted to spread it to everybody else around. Mm, Yes. I love that too, because I think it's easy or does society kind of give us the easy out to be like, don't be too happy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but there's an understated message of, well, don't be too joyous. But it's like, well, why not? Like if you know you're in one of those moments where 
I love the kind of the self-reflection of, I don't know when this will happen again. So yeah, I'm going big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Of course, my daughters are like, mom, settle down, settle down over there. I'm like, don't harsh my joy. Just let, let me write it out. You, you know, if you want to start singing with me, please join me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love the visual of you guys riding bicycles too in San Francisco. So yep. It is a joyous town. I love it there. On your blog, you talk a lot about how stress impacts seniors and actually relate it, I know, in one post to college students as well. I mean, I feel like more recently people are facing stress in new ways and and maybe bigger ways. I mean, do you have any suggestions of how either if you're in the midst of stress, if someone is listening and they're feeling very stressed out, how to deal with it? Or if you kind of have someone in your life that you know is dealing with a lot of stress, how can you support them? Yeah, interesting question. So I tend to be a sort of a journalist. I I write a lot of things down in my journal and make a lot of lists to help clarify where I'm at and keep me moving forward. Mm -hmm. So one thing I would suggest is that people make a list of things that bring them joy and then also a list of things that don't bring them so much joy and maximize the joy and then minimize everything that doesn't bring them joy. And that might mean simplifying, whether that's relationships or things that they do. It sort of gets along the whole movement right now with people decluttering and that (laughs) movement around getting rid of stuff to bring more joy in your life. It's the same concept, just a, a slightly different interpretation and adaptation. And then, yeah, so what's holding you back from experiencing your joy and being able to be the most authentic person you possibly can be? About mm, 10 years ago or so, I recognized one aspect of myself and that I was presenting myself a little bit differently to my daughters and to my friends and at work. And it was almost like there were layers of an onion (laughs) and different people saw different depths of layers than other people did. And I started thinking a lot about how do I reduce these layers so that there's only there's only me and everyone sees the same me the same way and because it's it's tiring and it's stressful to be a different person and show up differently to different people. And I think that may have been because I felt like people had different expectations of who they wanted me to be. So mm-hmm. I was just trying to meet their needs. But the fewer layers that you have on the outside and the more consistent you are on the inside to showing up, I think you invite more joy in your life and it's easier to go down your journey with a lot more support from the universe. Yes. <laughs> that was a total fist pump in the air. <laughs> um, it's so interesting that you say that because my phrase for the year last year was no toggle, which meant almost precisely what you were just saying, which was be the same person at work, at home, at you know, wherever, as much as you can. Obviously, there's some appropriateness for different places, but like to consolidate all those disparate people, if you will, into like this one persona instead of trying to be someone different for other people. And it was a crazy, amazing journey. I'm grateful that it was there, but I love that you went through the same path and the same kind of questioning. What did you find at the, I mean, I, I know you said you found that it was easier and less stressful, but were there any other learnings that you can recall from going through that? Part of it is, are you are you working for the right company? If the company expects you to be different than who you are, to be successful, then are you at the right place? Are you on the right bus? 
you know, companies look at, you know, there's this silly thing, do you have the right people on the bus? Mm-hmm. But it's also a matter of as a as a bus rider, are you on the right bus? Are you aligning who you are and your values with a company that you believe in and that you want to invest your precious moments with? It may be your friend group. It may be your um, spouse. And it may be the relationship that you've got with your children as well and sharing who you are and asking them in a way to help you become the same person across all the different parts of the Rubik's Cube that you that you may have in your life. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because that part of that no toggle path for me was exactly what you were saying was, how do I align myself with what I want to be doing as work? And that it was in reaction to knowing that I was going through life coach training that I was like, no, I really want all of this to line up. It's so interesting that you brought up the part, are you on the right bus with a company? Because I think that's something that lots of us struggle with. And that was not really part of that year's journey, but looking at who do I want to work for and why and realizing, you know what, I kind of want to do this on my own and seeing what that looks like. So much, (laughs) so much synchronicity right there. And I don't know, I love it. Do you have any thoughts or reflections you'd like to share for somebody that might be an entrepreneur that's kind of starting out on their own right now about your first year? Yeah, I encourage people to dream really big before they, like, if people have a dream to become an entrepreneur, be as smart about it as they possibly can, get a good credit rating going, save up enough money, get the support of your friends and family, and get advice along the way. As an entrepreneur, I became a member or a customer of the Small Business Development Center, which is part of the Small Business Administration Office. And so I get all this access to free consulting from professional consultants, which has been awesome. As much as you can, document your vision for who you are and what you're trying to do to help society. Come up with a plan. There's a lot of self-love in developing a plan for achieving along the lines of what you're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. You do deserve to pursue every one of your dreams and you can find a way. And by writing things down about your dreams and putting them out to the universe and to your friends and family, it helps them become more real, but it also helps them figure out how to help you in your journey and make your dreams come true. Mm, I really love that. Yeah, writing it down makes it more real. And I find that when I've written things down, like what you're saying, they tend to come true. <laughs> like. I tend to be either focused or the universe sees it and hears it and goes, oh, you want some of that? Here, we'll give you some of whatever we've got here to share. Yeah. And it also helps you make decisions that are more in alignment with that dream versus, Mm -hmm. you know, random decisions or poor decisions. Yeah, that's so true. Thank you. Yeah. I have a lot of buddies that are out there on the same or similar path and they're starting up. So (laughs) thank you for your one year advice. (laughs) Yeah. Just follow those dreams and make them a reality. You're the only one standing in your own way. Mm, I love that. Let's talk a little bit about the elderly and how people can individually go about assisting or helping or reaching out to what we do have is a growing older population. And it seems like in some ways we don't really support or care for, you know, even our own family members in the way that we used to. And that's not a judgmental comment. It's just It may have been previously we would take care of them in our own homes, and now there's different ways of taking care of the elderly. How would you or how do you see a good way or the best, most effective way to help elderly people in your family or community or in your life 
Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> I think it varies between checking in on your older neighbors to make sure that they're doing okay. Could be something as simple as next time you bake a batch of cookies, you make instead of one dozen cookies, you make two dozen cookies, and then you plate up the extra dozen and bring them around to all of your neighbors, not just your elderly, but all of your neighbors, mm -hmm. to be a sort of a kind and role model for caring for each other. There are also nonprofits like Little Brothers Friends of the Elderly out there who support people making connections and spending physical time with other seniors to reduce social isolation. And that's one of the nonprofits that Glorious Hug supports actively. There are other programs like Meals on Wheels, developed delivering meals to seniors in the area. If people are you know, really tight for time these days, they can donate to any of these nonprofits. The best ones make really good use of all the funds that they get to support all the needs of the senior population. There's actually an interesting sort of mega trend happening in the nursing industry in that there aren't enough nurses to care for the burgeoning senior population. And this is really causing some problems in the Twin Cities area because now the senior care homes, and there's practically one popping up on every corner these days, the senior care homes are having to pay really, really high rates to all the nursing staff that they've got taking care of all the seniors, which is then driving up the cost. So eventually some new models for senior care and more flexible thinking of what nursing and companionship means will have to come into play to make to keep the society whole and functional and healthy yeah it's such an interesting thing that will that is going to ripple across everything just with having an aging a larger aging population than we've ever seen before I really love what you said, even about just being able to reach out to every neighbor, because I think the other thing that's missing that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the elderly is, is that lack of connection that we seem to have with our neighbors. I've felt super lucky where I'm at. Our neighbors on both sides, we love them. And, you know, we have discussions and my son will run out, you know, we live in a cul-de-sac, but in the cul-de-sac and we'll start playing and then everyone comes out and it's so I mean, it feels like it used to when I was a kid, but I know it doesn't happen everywhere. So I think it's really lovely to make the introduction and be the one that's leading that in your neighborhood instead of just wishing it could be <laughs> or asking, why doesn't somebody do this? Yeah, yeah, I love that. And there are so many reasons to stay inside with social media and Netflix and all the other sources of entertainment that come from the screen, but people will grow the most by that human interaction. They'll feel the most cared for and loved by that human interaction. You can develop friendships over social media and develop relationships there, but you won't, I don't think, grow as a person nearly as much as you will just spending time with other people. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so I know we're coming up on Mother's Day in May. And do you guys have, or does Glorious Hugs have anything special they're offering or any suggestions on what to do for for mom or your grandmother? <laughs> well, for sure, visit if you can. Spend time. That's, that's the best thing. But not everybody lives by their mother or grandmother or other special mother in their life. And in that case, call. Make up your own care package if you can. Or if you don't have time, feel free to order from Glorious Hugs. I'm sure I'll have a wonderful promotion that I'll be advertising on the homepage of the website. And I'll also have new art by then as well, and new poetry specific to Mother's Day and new art. 
Wonderful. Yeah. And I will set up a link over in the show notes. I also want to give a shout out to nonprofits that support bringing artists into senior residences to teach seniors how to create their own art. There's so much fulfillment that people can get out of creating their own art as well. It's just a whole other area that needs more attention. And a lot of senior homes don't even know that there are arts organizations out there that will do this. So the more awareness that we can bring for those types of organizations, the better as well. Wonderful. Yeah. And if somebody wanted to find one of those, what would you suggest searching under in their own local area? Well, in Minnesota, there's a couple. There's Compass and then there's also Art Stage. And they're both great organizations from everything that I know and I've heard. I'm actually on the board of Art Stage as well. Okay. So I'll um, support that organization and further it in its mission. Just reaching out to local artists. Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for giving the, the shout out to that side of the arts industry and the or the arts and nonprofits groups as well. So for our last two questions, if someone listening has a big dream about how they could make a change in the world, what advice would you give them about bringing their dream into action? So write it down, not only what their dream is, but also why they're passionate about it. Because as they go down the journey of making that dream come true, they may sometimes run into roadblocks or question themselves that they'll want to go back to those reasons frequently and get regrounded to keep them moving forward in the right direction. Build the story as much as you can. I think that's one reason why you probably found me is that I've been building the story and making the connections, which has gotten the story of Glorious Hugs out to the population, you know, to the wider population, which has helped build the business. So get really good at telling your story so that it's easy for you to get media attention to build your business. Lovely. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the things that's such a challenge for many entrepreneurs is it's either a time or maybe is it a self-confidence or an understanding issue where it's, and it feels uncomfortable to do it. <laughs> so it's hard to know, or they just don't know how to reach out to media or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And even if you don't, there are so many people out there that do with LinkedIn too. You can put a note out on LinkedIn and ask for help. Hey, does anybody know anything about PR? And I'm sure that people will <laughs> reply use the social networks. It's so good for creating support to meet specific objectives in your business. Yeah, that is a very good point is use what you have and the, and reach out to the people you know, because you probably do know somebody that, that does what you're looking for. And last and most joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? I think we're getting back to a couple of topics we talked about earlier. And some mm -hmm. of that is letting go and simplifying. Mm. So what are your priorities? What are your goals in life? What's in your life that doesn't contribute or support those goals? Work to reduce those things that are holding you back. And just trust passionately that you're on the right track. Throw caution to the wind. Use your resources. Your listeners are probably really, really smart and courageous and are just looking for somebody to tell them to do it. And I think you and I are telling them to do it. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I agree. Yeah. If you're looking for more joy, I think that's you can do it. <laughs> You've got what it takes. That part's already yes. true. Yep. If they're listening to you to learn more about joy, then they're on the right track. Mm -hmm. So now it's just a matter of coming up with a plan and executing on that plan to get more of it because they deserve it. Mm, that's true. They do. We all deserve it. Hmm. 
Mm, thank you, Mary, so much. This has just been, <laughs> just been so good. I really, really love chatting with you. So thank you so much for joining the program. Yeah, thanks, Paula. I'm thrilled to talk to you about all this. It's helped me as well. <laughs> thank you. Mary, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And like I said, congratulations on your first year in business. It's such a joy to have met you. And I just feel blessed to have had you on the show. If you guys want to learn more about the show, head over to the website, jumpstartyourjoy.com slash glorious hugs. And the show notes are there along with links to her site. And if you're looking for a great Mother's Day gift, she has so many wonderful pieces of art. I just love the ones of dogs. Those pictures are so happy and friendly. And I think that would brighten any Mother's Day. So go check her out at gloriousugs.com. Next week, I'll be doing a special live webinar slash solo cast about when joy meets purpose. There's been a lot of great guests on recently talking about looking for that match of like work that feels like play and how to find that space that really lights you up, but also can bring home the bacon. <laughs> I'll share some of my, my thoughts and boil down some of what we've heard from the more recent guests. It's been a lot of fun and I've been reading some other books about it too. So please stop by the website, jumpstartyourjoy.com and you can register to be in the webinar. It should be a lot of fun. Already quite a few audience members that have signed up. So the next week, episode 34 is a really lovely interview with Laura Sims. She is a career coach and I think you'll really love that conversation too. So come on back. And until then, I hope your days are filled with so much joy. 